0: lord and savior as your lord lord comes with some some uh, um, consequences and, and and you can say you have trusted Jesus as your lord and not do that and and if so then you're deceiving yourselves and I don't want you to be deceived and Paul in letter classes I don't want you to be deceived I don't want you to anybody tricking you if you have not trusted Jesus as your lord then you are not a Christian. He doesn't come only as Savior. Um, the, in fact the way he is your Savior is he's your Lord in a great way. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on that. But so these are people that had received Jesus as Lord. It says so. Paul says that in, in here in um, chapter two, it says, verse six Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, they had done that. They'd put their faith in Christ as Lord. They had been buried with Jesus in baptism. What we're gonna to do to Stacy? Uh, this uh, right after church, Stacy. We're gonna we're gonna kill you today, in in, in the water. You're gonna you're gonna be dead. And uh, no, we're gonna dump you in that in that in that water. All right. These people have been buried with Jesus in baptism. The old people that used to be was no longer it was the stripping away of the old identity that they had. So, and they had been raised with Christ in, by God in baptism to a new life that was about glorifying God. That's what Paul says in chapter 211 through 13. So these are people who were born again, uh, spirit-filled Christians, believers in Jesus Christ. And, and so the question they were asking or they were confronted with was, what now? Now that I put my faith in Jesus as Lord, what do I do? What do I do? Really odd to see Jeff Powell eating a sucker in church. I mean, just interesting. Just a, uh, who in the world is passing out suckers before church? <laughs> I knew it was Amy. I knew it was Amy. I, I got a couple of suckers. Too, so thank you, Amy. It's just we're nothing wrong with it, but we're going to be talking about whether Jeff's going to hell for eating a sucker in church. We're going to actually deal with that. Oddly enough, he had no idea, and he just he did that. Yes. What? There's a sign, no suckers. Um, one day we were, <laughs> we were we were in here. I think it was a Wednesday, and and I was walking through and I found a sucker stick where the sucker was gone, and it was laid on the chair and it was stuck to the chair. You know, the stick was. And and I'm like, I don't even know people that eat suckers anymore. Do you? Do? I mean, you know, occasionally. Yeah, but like, if you're at a ball game and they're selling blow or whatever for me walking around with a sucker and I'm like, I don't even know who eats suckers and then walks Trina Morton with a sucker in her mouth <laughs> and she says she was not the guilty one but she was the only person I would seen with a sucker in her mouth so anyway we're going to be talking about today is Trina Morton going to hell for leaving a sucker stick allegedly <clears throat> what do you do after you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord what, what is that it? Like, okay, I checked that off my list. I'm good now. I just go on with my life and, and, and you know, normal life as is, and, and I know that I, whenever I die, I go to heaven. Because I'm telling you, a lot of people treat it that way. They may not say that they believe it that way, but they treat it that way. That's not the point. That's not the point. But what is the point? That's what Paul is dealing with. Because there are a lot of people saying this is the point. This is what you do from here on out. And last week, well two weeks ago actually, we talked about people saying if you if you want to, now that you're saved, now that you receive Jesus as Lord, you need to become Jewish. You need to be circumcised if you're a male, according to the law of Moses, and you need to keep the law of Moses. You need to keep what we call the Old Testament, the Old Testament, Ten Commandments included, by the way. Okay, that's how you live out your relationship with God is you do what the Old Testament tells you to do. Genesis through Malachi. Whatever that says, you do those things. And that's how you grow as a Christian. Well, Paul said absolutely not. That is not how you grow as a Christian. In fact, here's what Paul said. Paul said those things were things God used to bring you to Christ. But now that Christ has come, life is different. If you continue on the path that led to Christ, after you've come to Christ, you're just going to spend your life walking around in circles and end up going back away from Christ, leaving Jesus rather than growing in Jesus. And that's what happens to a lot of people. A lot of people who start down what is known as the Hebraic Roots Movement, people who say, well, now we need to keep the feast. Now we need to start obeying the dietary laws. Now we start, need to start keeping the Sabbath, which is exactly what Paul says, by the way. Don't do that. But a lot of people start to walk down that path, and their whole purpose of living and their whole driving force of their life is not Jesus, but the law. It's not Jesus, but the law. Paul says that's not the way you grow in in Christ. That's not what you do after you get saved. So today we're going to talk about something else. We're going to start in verse 18. So this is Colossians chapter 2, verses 18 through 23. We're going to start with verses 18 and 19, and we're going to finish verse 23. Why? So that Carrie doesn't leave me and go to a different church. Let no one disqualify you. Don't let let me quit. I don't care if it's 3.30 this afternoon. If I ain't got to verse 23, you can't stop. Let no one disqualify you. Preach fast, preacher. I heard somebody say that in in their heart. Let no one disqualify you. Let no one disqualify you. Insisting on asceticism worship of angels, going on in detail about visions puffed up without reason by a sensuous mind. You can just stay right there. Okay. So, first of all, don't let anybody tell you you got to obey the the, the the law of Moses, but also don't let anybody tell you you have to be or uh, uh, practice asceticism. Literally, this is, I, 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 I wrote that four sermons on these verses here because it, 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 it's on this verse, one verse, it doesn't give you much hope that we will get out of here before 3.30, but I'm only going to preach one of them, but, but insisting on asceticism, uh, literally, the, if you just look at the Greek words, it says they delight in, or they, they're, they're wanting in humility, or they delight in, some translations say delight in humility. They delight in their own humility. They pride themselves of their own humility. Uh, if you can think about that. Do you know anybody that's proud of their humility? We talked about it last week about people who fasted. And and, and then they were like, hey, I'm fat. Look at how terrible, how hungry I am. I was talking at breakfast today, somebody asked me, how how did you do this weekend with Carrie gone? I said, well, I just you know kept myself from crying by eating. That's what I did every time I felt like let nobody, uh, uh, so, so priding yourself in your own humility. Oh, I'm sacrificing so much for the Lord. Well, no, that is not how you get ahead uh, with Jesus, how you grow in Jesus. And I'm going to talk today about five lies that that are that are in uh, uh, these, these verses that you need to, be, to recognize as a lie. And lie number one is that uh, you have to gain Attention, and you have to earn God's favor or, or His grace. You've got to gain God's attention. I'm telling you, that's a lie, by the way. That's not point number one, what Eric preached today. This is a lie that you, will, that you may hear or may feel that you have to do something special to get God's attention. Like you're out on this deserted island and God is not going to see you unless you write in big sand letters, help me, rescue me. Or you make some kind of fire. You do not have to gain God's attention if you have Jesus Christ in you. If you are a Christian, you have God's attention. And I thought about, in, in we're not going to go there, but just the story of of Elijah at Mount Carmel, with which sounds sticky, Veggie Tales. Mount Carmel. to build an altar to their God and Elijah says listen here's what we're going to decide whether whether the false gods are are real God whether the the, whether Baal is the real God or whether Yahweh or or the the God of Israel is the real God here's how we're going to determine it we're each going to build an altar and whoever's God sends fire down to burn up the sacrifice is the real God that sounds pretty convincing, right? So he said, you guys go first. So the prophets of Baal built an altar. They put an animal on top of it. And about daybreak, early, early in the morning, they start calling out to Baal to send fire down and show that he is the one and only true God. And they cry out and cry out, and they do that till noon. No answer. And Elijah mocks them. He says, Maybe you just need to yell louder and wake him up. Maybe he's relieving himself. Maybe he went to the bathroom. Okay? Everybody ever had a dawn till lunch bathroom break? I mean, that's tough right there. Maybe he's been in the bathroom this whole time. So Paul says, maybe you just need to do something to get his attention. And so they start yelling louder and dancing around and cutting themselves. Baal's attention and to try to get him to answer. And they do that for several more hours and no answer. And 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 it actually says nobody paid attention and nobody was listening. And then Elijah comes and he says, It's my turn. And so he gets this altar and he builds it and he has water poured on top of it, so the altar is soaking wet. And and um and he says basically, just paraphrase it, God show these. the rocks, the wood, the water, everything, the sacrifice, everything, and, and so God showed he was the one true God. Well, the, the prophets of Baal felt like they had to get God's attention. They had to talk loud and scream, God, look over here, you got and cut this, uh, he'll see uh, how serious we are by cutting ourselves, and Elijah says, Elijah just said, hey God, show Why? Because Elijah had God's attention. He was he, had, he was the prophet of God. You are a child of God. You have God's attention. You have God's attention because Jesus is in you. Whoever has Ezra has Trinity and Zach's attention, or at least Trinity. As the dad, I know sometimes we like this, but I'm telling you, whoever whoever like there was a time Robin would not let her kids go over. me. Where are they? I don't know. I mean, there was just a set of rules. You know, you don't go in the road, plan a road. But other than that, I was like, and and so she wouldn't let what Okay, she cared. She, she she wanted her kids to have somebody that gave them attention, watched what them, noticed, kept an eye on them. It's a miracle that my kids are still alive today, right? They're making it. God's grace in their mom. But you don't have to make a big t- to Earn God's attention. You don't have to gain God's attention by doing extreme stuff. Did you get those pictures I sent in the in the? Would you show some of those pictures? These these are these, these people are known as ascetics. Okay, um, this guy has an iron collar around his neck. All right, and he looked and, and, and sitting like that, and he's got uh, uh, you know wood and, and 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 pottery and stuff in front of him, but he's sitting like that with this iron thing. He's an ascetic. What is he doing? He's trying to to punish his flesh, uh, be in pain, to to hopefully uh, do do something spiritual inside of him. Next picture. This guy has needles pointing into him. Needles pointing into him, okay? And uh, why? Because he wants to to overcome his flesh and show that he's serious about God. Next picture. These people are sitting on nails, sitting on nails, and, uh, and uh, in public. Why are they doing that? Well, they're doing that, again, to, to show how uh, punishing of the body that they want to be. This is asceticism, by the way. That's what, These are people who are ascetics. All right, next. One more picture, I think. Right, another lady. Yeah, another person sitting on a bed of nails laying on bed of nails. All right. And uh, looks pretty comfortable, actually, right there. You know, he may need to take a few nails out. Because the more nails you have the more comfortable you are. You ever see anybody lay on a bed of nails with all the it, it does not look comfortable. You're right, you're right, Michael. These are ascetics. These are people who think if I if I do if I punish if I'm in pain, the more pain I'm in, the closer to God I'll become. That is not that is not Jesus. <laughs> that is not the new cover to walk out your salvation. It's, you don't have to gain God's, gain God's attention. You you got God's attention and you don't have to also you don't have to earn God's favor. You don't have to earn God's favor. You you have God's If I say, hey, can you do me a favor? What are you thinking? can Can you do something for me? Well, that's what favor is. That's what grace is. Grace is what God does for us. And you don't earn God's doing for you. God did for you because of who he is, not because of who you are. In fact, when you were an enemy of God, God gave you grace by sending his son Jesus. You were his enemy. By the way, people, they're going to pe- be people who die and go to hell that God offered grace and gave grace for. Why? Because he gave Jesus for them too. So you have the favor of God. You have the favor. You've always had God's favor available to you. The key is, are you making use of the favor that God offers? You? In other words, you, you probably you may have had somebody that said, hey, let me help you. And you're like, no, I got it help God that I got it I got it let me just say those of you who who came up for prayer or depression God can absolutely set you free absolutely but I know people godly men and women reminds me of Paul who said, God, you got to do something with this. He called it a messenger of Satan. This, this torment that I've got. And God said, I'm not taking it away from you. My grace is sufficient. What does that mean? Whenever that comes upon you, you come to me and I'll help you get through it. Let me just tell you, let me just tell you, whatever drives you to Jesus is a positive. Something drives me to Jesus. It's a positive. It's a positive. It's a good thing in my life. Now, it may not be enjoyable and fun, but it's good if it drives me to Jesus because I need Jesus. I'm desperate for him always. So, the truth, the lie is you have to gain God's attention and earn God's favor. The truth is if Christ is in me, I already have God's attention. I just need to talk to him. We just ignore him you've got his attention talk to him if tr- the other truth if Christ is in me I have God's favor already I just need to depend on it draw from it receive it ask for it you got it all right so would not to you don't have to punish yourselves to get God's attention or to earn God's favor God gives it to you without that secondly second lie. He says, let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism, okay, punishing the body, getting God's attention, and worship of angels, literally the religion of angels. What in the world does that mean? I spent hours trying to find out who worshiped angels at this time. It's hard to find. It's hard to find. But what, but what there was. With a who felt like they had to have these uh, 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 um, uh, some way to get to God to get to get access to God and and if you were able to get the, the the angel that was that was the closest to God then you would have better access to God than you would just by the lower angels. In other words, what they were looking for is access to God, special access. God. How can I get? How can I get closer to God? And so here's the lie, lie number two. I have to discover special access, or I, you might say, secret access to God. There's got to be some way I got to I can access God. And people are saying if you just, if you just talk to the right angel, you would be able to have this access to God. Like, like you may talk to. Give me a name of an angel. Michael, the angel Michael. All right talk to Michael and i might say, you know what, I had this dream last night. I saw the angel Michael and here's what he told me. And I was like, so I've got this special and who's another one? Gabriel. Well, I talked to Gabriel. I, I, Gabriel is my angel. Whoever you wanted that some spiritual being that, that had an impact on your life or whatever, that does not give you special access to God. You know what the truth is? You already have access to God. You know why you have access to God? Because you got God inside of you the holy spirit inside of you like not only do you have access you have possession in a way god lives with you he lives in your house how's that for access some of you have to call carrie to get her guess what i just turn over and say hey babe she lives with me i don't have to gain this special key to the the, the door to get in to see carrie got unlimited access to God 24 sadly. you don't need to get in touch with a, a high a hierarchy of angels to get access to God that's a lot you don't need this the the the, the uh, worship of angels the Greek word angels literally the definition of it is a messenger a messenger and it could not it's not necessarily a heavenly messenger it can be an earthly messenger and I feel like I need to share this. Uh, with us because in our day we I don't know anybody that worships angels not one person I used to not know anybody that tried to obey the law of Moses but I do a Christian but I do now so 10 years from now we may have a, a whole you know return of angelic worship I don't know but I don't know right now anybody that worships angels but I do know people that worship pastors and preachers and that's literally what it worship messengers people who are Wrong with liking Stephen Furtick. I don't have a problem with Stephen. I've, in fact, not in an ungodly way, I, but I, I wish I could communicate like him. I wish the stuff he gets, I got. He's so good. I listen to him and I'm like, man, that is so good. And I'm not saying his whole theology is correct because my whole theology ain't correct, I'm sure. I'm learning stuff. But what I'm saying is, he's Stephen Furtick junkie and everything you hear it's got to be from Stephen Furtick or it didn't come from Jesus you know or it didn't come from God people worship people put preachers and, and, and pass on platforms to worship them and it should not be it should not be so whoever created the Eric Lonis fan club get it off please delete it it doesn't exist but anyway I was just saying if it did uh, <coughs> I tried to Ate one on Facebook. It said fact-checked, and, and, and it said, we can't allow you to have this. <coughs> Just kidding. Okay. So you don't have to discover special access to God. If Christ is in you, you already have unlimited access to God. Just use it. Just use it. Ephesians 2.18, for through Christ we have access in one spirit to the Father. Through Christ we have ac- direct access to the Ephesians 3.12, in Christ we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in Christ. You have access to Jesus. Lie number three. Lie number three. He says, again, verse 18, let no one disqualify you insisting on asceticism. You don't have to get God's attention by by punishing yourself. And worship of angels, you don't have to get special access to God. You've got access to God if you have Christ in you going on in detail about visions puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind. Line number three, I have to have miraculous spiritual experiences. If you really want to grow in your relationship with Jesus, you've got to have this amazing, awesome, powerful, spiritual experience. That's how you grow. That's how you mature. That is God's desire for you. And I don't know, I, I have had Miraculous spiritual experiences. Okay, we were talking Wednesday night at our at, at my house. The men gathered for chili night. So the men were sharing about some dreams that they had had that really impacted their lives. Really, really, they needed. They they really were at a, 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 a time of need in their lives, and God gave them a vision, or God spoke to them through something that they saw. And let me just say, those things are awesome. And I'm, I'm not saying God doesn't use those things. He does. God uses visions. God uses dreams. God speaks to people through those things. And they are great moments in your life. But if you make your walk with Jesus about searching out the next powerful spiritual experience, you will lose. You will start putting on God a, a pressure to, to, to do something inside of you to, um, to, to to give you a certain feeling and if he ever stops giving you that certain feeling you feel like you don't know Jesus anymore or God doesn't love you anymore your walk with God is not about having goosebumps and the more goosebumps you have does not mean the more spiritual you are so, so but, but people will say, you know, now, now again, I went to Brownsville when the Brownsville revival was going. It was amazing. It was, oh, I'm glad I went. Glad I went. I'm thankful for it. Some of you are like, what in the world is Brownsville? Google it. Google it. It was a big revival, all right? It was great. bunch of people. Changed lives of people. There are missionaries. There are people saved that wouldn't have been saved that Brownsville not happened, okay? So I'm not saying there's anything bad about that. But if you say, my spiritual walk with Jesus about going to the Brownsville revival and having, being slain in the Spirit or, or what having this great feeling experience, then you're missing the boat. The, your walk with God is not about feelings. Your maturing in Christ is not about having a great physical, sensuous experience. When I say sensual, I'm not talking about some sinful thing. I'm talking about just something that makes you feel. Now, making you feel is not bad, and God does that. But that's not what your walk with Jesus is about. The fact is, the fact that I belong to God is the ultimate spiritual experience. That's the ultimate miracle. The fact that you belong to God, if you put your faith in God and you are God's child, that is the greatest miracle you will ever experience. Yeah, but I didn't really feel any different. But you weren't You are, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. Maybe that makes it more of a miracle. the fact that Carrie and I, 20 years ago, made vows and became, we were two when we walked into that church, and we were one when we left that church, that's a miracle. That's made a huge difference in my life, but I didn't really feel any different, but life was different. Life was different from there on out. Jesus sends out 72 of his followers, his disciples sends them out, and he says, I want you to go into every city and village, I want you to preach the gospel, okay? Preach the gospel. I'm going to give you authority over over demons, I'm going to give you authority over, uh, I want you to heal the sick, I want you to do all these miracles, and so the the 72 went out in the villages, and they come back, and they are on fire. They are on fire. They're like Jesus, talking to the one who raised the dead, but anyway, Jesus, you're not going to believe what we saw. We saw some of the most amazing things, like even we walked up and there was this demon possessed man, demon possessed woman, and we just said, we just said, get out of her, and they left, and she was healed or he was healed. It was the most amazing thing. It was so crazy, isn't that awesome? Jesus and Jesus said, you know what? I saw Satan be cast out of heaven. I didn't see just a demon being cast out of person. I saw God the Father cast the devil himself out of Satan. Out of heaven. Thank you. How long have I been saying it wrong? Just once, okay. Because I will start this sermon over if I've been saying it wrong the whole time. It was a test. Just once, just once. I saw, Jesus said, I saw Satan Somebody was set free. That's not what they're rejoicing about, by the way. They weren't celebrating because somebody got free. They were celebrating because I said that and look what happened. I did it. Look what we did. No, 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 Jesus said. No, 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 no. <laughs> Missing the point. Don't rejoice at that. Don't rejoice that the demons obey your, your, your words. You rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. What does that mean? Don't rejoice. That's the greatest miracle. It's the greatest miracle. And so you're like, but here's the deal. Here's what you you can get to the point is, you see somebody that has these great, powerful spiritual experiences, and you go, man, God don't ever do that for me. God, why do you leave me out? People being prayed for falling, pow, 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 pow. And, they, and I look around, and I'm the only one standing up in the line that had not fallen. here. You ain't knocking me over. Oh, I've been mean, like, Yeah, I'm willing, God, to have me. It just hadn't happened. Okay. But my name is written in the last book of life. And that's a great miracle. It's a great miracle. You don't have to have some miraculous spiritual experience that you feel. People will tell you that. That's what you really need is this. No, no, those feelings. Eventually the feelings fade, and that's not that's not what's going to get. Rejoice that your name is being is written in the lands of God. The fact that I belong with God is belong to God is the ultimate spiritual experience. Lie number four out of five. We're getting there. Lie number four is there's a lot more to being a Christian than just Jesus. That's a lie. There's a lot more to being a Christian than just Jesus. Well, what does Paul say? He says tried asceticism, you've worshiped messengers, you want to have these great visions. He said, but these people don't hold fast to the head. Now, earlier in, um, in chapter 1, verse 17, it says that Jesus, I'm sorry, verse 18, this is not in your notes, okay, but listen, it says that Jesus is the head of the body, the church. Okay? Jesus is the head of the body. He is before all things, and him all, hold, all things hold together, verse 17 says. So when it says in verse 19, not holding fast to the head, it's talking about not holding fast to Jesus. These people are going after these experiences, and, they're, and they let go of Jesus. <clears throat> not holding fast to the head or Jesus, from whom, from Jesus, the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and its ligaments, grows with a growth, the the lie, that there's a lot more to being a Christian than than just Jesus. Paul says any growth that happens in your life is going to be growth because you are connected to Jesus. And how does it happen? As the head, Jesus nourishes you and knits you together and causes a growth that is from God, not you. In other words, you're not going to grow yourself as a Christian. That happens because God grows a Christian and it happens as you hold fast to Jesus and it happens like a plant it's not one day you're a spiritual mouse and the next day you're a spiritual giant not the way it's not even bamboo or whatever else grows dandelions miraculous growth think about rubbing dandelions all over the back part of my head just see if there's anything in there but it's growth, and it comes from your connection with Jesus, and it happens over time. <clears throat> so the truth is, the lie is there's more to be in a Christian than just Jesus. The truth is any pursuit, get this now, get this, this will protect you from error, any pursuit of mine that isn't rooted in Christ is a distraction. Any pursuit of mine that isn't rooted in Christ is a distraction. It's not going to help me grow. It's going to keep me from growing. Jesus didn't say it, if Jesus didn't command it, it's not growing you in Jesus. When I say Jesus commanded his disciples, his apostles. Paul was an apostle of Jesus. Paul was given the command to to teach us to observe everything Jesus had commanded them. Just like Peter and John and them were. Are you with me? I lose everybody. I know we've been here a while. We're almost done. Hold fast to the hand. You want to be a strong Christian? Keep holding to That's the only way. Hey, that's the only way. Every morning, every day, every evening, hold fast to Jesus. Somebody comes along and says, you know what? If you really want to be a good Christian, you've got to do this. Did Jesus say that? Is that what Jesus said? Don't fall for this, hey, what somebody else says is working for them. Did Jesus say that? And if Jesus didn't say that, it has nothing to do with what he said or his apostles said, don't do it. Check it out. Don't take somebody's word for it. People will trick you. People will lie to you. People will convince you of things that look good. And then lastly, lie number five, I have to follow a bunch of rules to be a Christian. Boy, don't people think this. How many people are not a Christian and have said, I'm not, I can't be a Christian right now because I, gotta, I I'd have to follow all those rules? One day when I'm too old to enjoy the stuff that I'd have to give up, then I'll follow Jesus. But until I'm, uh, while I'm still enjoying all the stuff I'd have to give up to to, to, to receive Jesus, I'm just going to not receive Jesus yet. That's a lie. I have to follow a bunch of rules to be a Christian. Here, here's what Jesus said. And Paul said, excuse me. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world. Now again, he's talking to, to Christians. He's talking to people who have already made Jesus their Lord and these people who are already have Jesus as Lord. All right. Now that Jesus is your Lord, here are all the rules you got to obey. Look If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, when did you die to those things? Elemental spirits of the world. We, we talked again, that's confusing by the way. Nobody really knows exactly what it just, people are like what does it mean? But but we talked about those voices in your that that, that the devil on one shoulder, the angel on one, those voices that say, you better not do that, you can't do that. Whatever. Right? Those those are voices in his head that that tries to convince you that something is wrong, that tries to convince you you're not worthy, that tries to say you know what God can't love you, you can't have access to God. How are you supposed to be a Christian and do all, all right? So so those voices, he Paul says you you died to those things with Christ. When did that happen, by the way, according to Paul? Baptism. You died. You went under that water. The old you died. If you died with Christ to those things, why? submit to all its regulations, don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. How many of you were raised and you thought Christianity, the church, was about what you didn't do? That was what, being a Christian is about not doing stuff. What a lie. What a lie. Being a Christian is not about what you don't do. And it's the reason, one of the greatest reasons. That that the the church has lost its power and lost its influence is because we've made it about what you don't do. Well, if you're going to be a Christian, you, you can't. And you're just feeling what you don't. What what are some of the things you were raised you don't do? How about dance? How many of you were raised to say you don't dance? Dancing, you go to hell. All right. Okay. All right. Did Jesus say that? So what does that what does that tell you? By the way, does the Old Testament tell you you can't dance? So it's not even in the Old Testament. There's not a verse in the Bible that says dancing will send you to hell or God doesn't like dancing. Where then did that come from? Somebody. Somebody. Human tradition. We're going to talk about that. That's where it came from. All right, what's something else? How about chew gum in church? My dad talks about that. It's in the Bible. You don't chew gum in church. I don't know if they had gum in Jesus. But here's that's another one. But don't you come in church? Jesus didn't say that. So where'd that come from? Somebody said. That. Gambling. You can't gamble. Oh, again, I, I was a youth pastor during the days when we voted in Alabama about the lottery, and I was teaching my kids on Wednesday night, and I said, it's just like Proverbs 18:32 says that he who gambles is like he who tosses into the wind. And I kept on preaching. I was like, God, that's not in the Bible not in the Bible, but I but it sounded good, and they believed it, because it sounded good. There's not even an 1832, by the way, I think it's the 31. I think that's the case. I knew it then when I said it. Well, let me say, you may be, well, gambling's wrong. Well, I, let me just tell you, Jesus didn't say it was wrong. Now, I'm not saying you should gamble. I'm not up here saying, by George, we're the church that supports gambling. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. But I am saying Jesus didn't say don't gamble. He talked about loving money. So where did that come from? The Old Testament doesn't say don't gamble. There's not a verse in the Bible that says don't gamble. Well, they cast lots for it. Well, you know who else cast lots? The disciples after Jesus was uh, 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 died and rose again. We ain't got there yet. But yeah. But what I'm saying is that came. It's wrong, and it, and God may have told you not to do it. Fine and dandy, but if Jesus didn't say don't do it, don't hold me to it, and don't hold others to it. Well, you said running in church. Not a, there's not a scripture that says don't run in church. Playing music in church. There's not a scripture that says don't play music in church. Okay. Anything else? What, what's that? Uh playing cards? What else? somebody else say? Cutting your hair or not cutting your hair? That's good. All right, again, so these are things that people have come up with. And and I, I listened to some messages this week about laws that are still in the books, like, you know, you, you can't you can't eat ice cream on Sunday. There was a lot of rules that people made about you can't do certain things within church within, you know, so far of church. more concerned about Here's the problem with it. We came all about what you don't do. And we don't do what Jesus tells us to do. I think a couple weeks ago I read Luke 6. Where Jesus says, hey, you know, love your enemies. Do good to those that hate you. Pray for those that persecute you. All that stuff. Somebody comes up to you, give to them. Give to whoever asks you. Somebody steals your stuff, don't ask for it back tell you, those few verses hit me. It's like, I'll never get past doing that. Like, I'll never get to the point where that's not relevant in my life. If we would just focus on doing what Jesus said and not holding ourselves and other people to standards that Jesus didn't say, then the church will regain it. Just saying, at least we'll be not hypocrites. I didn't say that. We won't be hypocrites. Because we hold people to standards for chewing gum in church, or dancing, or gambling, and we don't love our enemies. And we talk bad about. bunch of rules to be a Christian. That's not a fault. The truth is, I have to follow Christ to be a Christian. That's it. That's it. That is, by the way, what Christian means. Don't handle, don't taste, don't touch, refer to things at all. Uh, All parishes they're used according to human precepts and teachings. These indeed have an appearance of wisdom. Look what it says. Last verse, verse 23. Praise God. Carrie will be here next Sunday morning. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom. It looks like these people know what they're talking about. Yeah, that's right. I do feel guilty because I'm chewing gum in the sanctuary. Or I don't, you know, I feel guilty. You're right. We shouldn't be doing this. Don't let them put their guilt on you. These things have an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body. But look what it says. But they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. What does that mean? That means I can chew gum in the sanctuary or I can not chew gum in the sanctuary uh, and with that mouth I'm not chewing gum with, I'm gossiping. The fact that I'm not chewing gum does not help me not gossip. The fact that I am not uh, 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 playing music in the sanctuary or or uh, playing cards does does not keep me from from cheating on my wife. The problem is the heart, and 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 those worldly human rules do not help change my heart. So here's the thing: Are you following Jesus? That's it telling you. Read the sermon on the mount and then come back to me and tell me, are you following Jesus? Because it's tough. So, so here's the thing. I'm not telling you if you feel guilty about something, you need to do it. Not at all. In fact, if you feel guilty about something, don't do it. But don't put your guilt about something that's not from Jesus onto somebody else because it doesn't belong on them. Doesn't belong on them focus your time not on trying to get them to obey your convictions. Spend your time trying to follow what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. Hold yourself to that step. Go after that because that's the plank that's in our eyes that we are not fulfilling the commands of Jesus. We're not observing everything he commanded. And if we were, we be fast to the power Jesus gives. Don't depend on your own flesh to to overcome sin. No. It's only through the power of the Holy Spirit in you that you can overcome sin. Be a follower of Jesus. Amen? If you receive Jesus as Lord, walk in. Father, I pray that you'd help us to do that. First of all, that you'd help us to recognize that that's what we're supposed to do. That actually... When Jesus comes, he's going to say, Why do you call me, Lord, and not do what I said? Father, I pray for a revelation of all the rules that we have built in our life. All the, the thou shalt nots that we've put in place and that we've held others to that are have nothing to do with righteousness and have nothing to do with with, with you, with Jesus. And I pray, God, that you'd help us to clean out that house made of all them rules that we made or somebody else put in our... In our cubbies and in our cupboards and our closets, that that don't belong there, and that we would return again to what you said, to the truth of the gospel, to Jesus, to your words, your desires, your commands, and that we would trust you and that we would follow you. Lord, I know that that's, a, that's something that we're going to be doing for the rest of our lives. Never will we get to the point where we don't need to go back to what you said and follow that. It's never going to be something we can do in our own flesh. And Lord, help, help us as we do this to rely on your Holy Spirit to God, we need, apart from you, we can do that. By the flesh, we cannot kill the flesh, but by the Spirit, we can overcome the power of the flesh. Help us to agree with that, say amen.